Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be looking at what is the future of agriculture. Our spotlight, we'll take a look at some possible new uses for soybeans. Ag History Minute, we'll talk about Earth Day. And we'll have some cool beans that's corn. Ah, okay. Cool beans that's corny with some current events. And if we get time, we'll do an Ag Idiom of the Week. With me today are Bill Schaubert. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schaumberg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. A little tongue-tied there in the intro, jeez. I think that's two weeks in a row. Uh, Is it last week or the week before, Matt? No, yeah. last week I fucked with his... Yeah, he tried to blow my, blow my yes, ears out. Yeah. I was playing with the dials on the end, so you can't blame that. Apparently I have to stop Irishing my coffee in the morning. It's <laughs> not working out so well. You gotta drink Diet Dew, like Bill. Yep. I've been called Doodad now by my doodad. kids. Doodad. Doodad. That newfangled doodad. Yep. I don't have to drink my own urine, but it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the taste of regular doo. Really? So, yes. You're just done with it? Yep. Wow. I don't like it. Did you used to like it and no. now you don't? Nope. No, always liked the diet. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't really care for either anymore. Like I used to drink more Mountain Dew. But yeah, you're a Pepsi guy. Pepsi or Coke. I go, I go in spurts, one over the other. Tell you what, I do like a mellow yellow. I like that a lot better than the deal. I like, I like me a Sundrop. Sundrop, sundrop. sundrop is my favorite. Yep, right but from sundrop, the fresh bottle. Sundrop is not the same as Mountain Dew, though, so I didn't say it. Don't And don't ever be confused. They're not the same. They're not. <laughs> sundrop slushies are the best. Mm, oh, those are good. Adult Sundrop slushies. Pew. Yep. My, at 4-H the other night, my wife's like, when they were talking dairy buyer for the fair... She's like, I hope they have sun drop slushies again. <laughs> she didn't dream of the malts at the dairy. No, like it was no, no. Hers, hers is the sun drop slushies. The malts are good, but you can't drink as many malts in a week as you can sun drop slushies. That's always my thing. <laughs> I can try, but I can't. I can't get there. Well, you you have the lactose issue. Yeah, I still I still ha- handle the yeah, malts at the dairy bar. I still I still support so. Drink some malt, and then whatever ride he goes on next is <laughs> forever bad. known as the Vomit Comet, because yeah. here comes the milk milkshake. <laughs> but you really can't go to the fair and not get one. Like, Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, sacrilegious. Well. If you go to the fair and you don't get a malt. Oh, big news. Breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. We have right. some breaking news soundtrack. I yeah. can do, I, do the we, horn. I the horn. do the horn, yes. The breaking news horn. All right. As as heard at the Tuesday night 4-H club meeting, the 4-H dairy bar at the Outagamie County Fair bringing back breakfast. Let's go! Okay. Let's go! Two eggs, toasted milk, here I come. Let's go, baby! Okay, so I'm even out of it. I didn't even know breakfast went away. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's <laughs> COVID <been gone>. the... <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Like that was the thing. You'd you go and you'd wash your ca- wash your animals. Yep. And go, and with the, and you'd go, go get go breakfast. And you go to the dairy bar and you get... Two eggs, whatever you like. Wow, you just blew my mind today, Matt. I don't get to go have breakfast at the dairy bar anymore because you know job and things like that. But that would that would be really terrible if you were a kid and like you you know spent the morning in the wash rack and then had to go back to your truck and eat like a sandwich and ugh. yeah, there's nothing quite like like Bill said after you wash your animal, go sit down at a hay bale and start eating some eggs and toast. Just hammer down some eggs. Oh, I loved it. 
Bringing back memories, man. Yeah. You can eat next to the carnies. They come too. It's <laughs> yeah. great. No, they're still sleeping okay. by the time we're True. done with the watch rack. No, no, you're thinking of the convicts that are cleaning up the oh, garbage right. throughout the fairgrounds. <laughs> That's who's around when you're eating breakfast. It's good times. There's nothing quite like getting up in the dark and going and washing your animal in some cold water. It's one of my favorite, all-time favorite pastimes. I do remember thinking that was so early, and it was like 6 a.m. a lot of times. I mean, I don't yeah. yeah. Like it was, it was early, but it wasn't. It was early enough. As oh, a yeah. kid, as a kid, you're like, yeah. oh my god, like this is when you get up normally. Holy the, man! The real problem was the sun's you, out this time of day. Yeah. The real problem was you were on the midway till midnight. Yes, the night before true. that was the true. That was the killer. Yeah, it was long days, early mornings. And I remember getting the warnings though. from mom and dad. Like, remember, you got to get up. You got to be in the wash rack early tomorrow. And you just be like, yeah, but. I mean, tilt the world one more time. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? But if you left your stuff in your fare box, they'd close the buildings at like 11. <laughs> then you'd like climb the fence or go under yep. the fence. Or Then we always got yelled at by the dairy superintendent. Like, what are you kids doing here? See, I didn't have a fare box. So I didn't worry about that. Oh, the fare box, where was that? I wasn't a highfalutin, high, fancy fair guy like high you. High security, you man. think Dad still got her fair box? Oh, 100%. I bet that smell of it when you open <laughs> oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, yep. The, like, like the leather, like, the halters. Yep, the and, halter, uh, the dairy like, the, the yeah. shampoo and all yeah. that. Yeah. Nothing all that. Yes. I'm sure it still smells the same. Oh, too, inside, easily. It's like Fleet Farm it's, that never changes. Just yeah. add some mold to it now because it hasn't yeah. been opened in 20 years. But You should ask him. Bet you still got it. See if there's a curry comb in there. Yeah. Some black magic. Do you, you guys see who's coming to the fair for entertainment? Nope. I did not. It's going to be a rodeo, baby. Oh. <laughs> Very excited. I, I miss the rodeo. I, I like when the rodeo comes. So They're also doing like an off-road truck thing. And at Easter, Uncle Carl showed me the, the track they're going to take. It's sweet. Yeah. It's going to go. There's going to be like a jump in the middle. Uncle like Carl. A, like a figure eight. And it was... it. It looked pretty legit. It was pretty cool. So yeah, let's, take let's some school buses off it too. I, that would be, be sweet. sweet. Yeah, I don't know. What so if we got rodeo, off-road trucks, tractor pull, I'm going. Is if, there any room for singing? Oh wait, I was wrong. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. The rodeo is not at the fair. It's at the fairgrounds, but it's not part of the fair. Dang, Ooh. sad. Well, I'm still gonna go, but I'm just saying it's not part of the fair. Let's see who's at the fair. It's a different week or what? Yeah, June 25th and oh. 26th. Ooh, earlier. Not even close. Yeah, new motorsports hot truck and tractor pull. The IRA sprint cars are going to be there on Friday. TBD for another motorsport event Friday. If you're looking at their website, it may not be up to date at this point. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm sure they have it booked. So, was, yes. Yeah, they got the so. farm tractor pull, the NEW motorsports hot truck and tractor pull. The Sprint Cars, TBD, which maybe is that monster truck thing or whatever you were talking about, and then Motor Madness. On it's the, the Motor day. Madness. Well, so, Motor Madness is the demo derbies, yeah. So it's so the hot. So it's it's Farm Pole Wednesday, Hot Farm, and Hot Truck on Thursday. IRA Sprint Cars Friday. We don't know the Saturday night headliner, and then Sunday is Motor Madness. We'll have to break the news here when we hear the day, the days of. Like Tim McGraw, big time acts are done, right? That's way they're gone. all going to rush now. And yeah. I mean, I thought with Country USA dying, like the fairs might be able to bring them back, sure. but it's to, I think it's just too too risky to bring in these expensive acts that and cost way like, too much. Like when the Packers would bring in Kenny Chesney and you get 
80,000, right? Right. right. Or 100,000, whatever they would bring in that's going to a county fair that gets. Even like now in Green Bay, they got that Epic Event Center and the old Gordman's. So those places are getting in like your acts that would have went to the fair going to a place like that. So it's just. Change play outside when the weather could potentially be questionable or in a building. Okay, yeah, probably. Yeah. What thunderstorm? They just don't know what they're missing. That's all. I will say though, it's, do give Tim McGraw credit for years and years ago when he was at the county fair, like playing through the rain. Probably not the safest thing he ever did <laughs> in his life, but I mean that was a good concert and a very wet concert. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill met on a tour that they did the Audigami County Fair. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, like during that tour? Yep. So I, theoretically, they could have met at the Audigami County Fair? Theoretically. theoretically. Yes. And they played so on two hair racks pushed together then. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I do remember the Bodines. Like that was the, like yep. at the time, like the traffic was. Everybody miles, loves the Bodines. Miles backed up for the Bodines. I know it's not a lot of Gamey County Fair, but Calumet County Fair has Jody Messina this year, so might have to go to Calumet County Fair. And that's who we're going to get now is washed up old. We had Jody Messina like, four year, five years ago. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Poor Jody. Jody, <laughs> Jody we okay. had Jody Messina. And Jody we had her when she was yeah, no, popular. Jody Messina was washed ago. up five years ago, so I don't even know what you call hey, some of these now. You don't there. say that about Jody, <laughs> all right? I mean, they're fi- like. Yes, hey, please. I guess she's doing all right. At least somebody like that, you know, you're. I'm all right. Yeah, I like that. At I least, can't. I can't make heads or tails of the situation. <laughs> uh, at least somebody like that, you know, you're going to get a good show. Like you know, yep. they've, yeah, yep. they they know how to. They know their way around. Yes. Oh yeah. They're not in a walker yet, so we're good. Hey, even Dolly Parton is still performing and. If Dolly Parton was at the Audigami County Fair, I would buy the entire section out and have it all to myself just to watch Dolly. I mean, her, she kind of slurs her words a little bit now, but... As long as she plays Islands in the Stream, everything will be all right. <laughs> With the, yeah, there you go. That's the concert we need. Dolly on stage and then like a hologram of Kenny Rogers yep. for the duet. <laughs> R.I.P. Kenny. Bring, and some chicken. Some Kenny Rogers roasters to eat while you're watching. <laughs> Is that even a thing anymore? No, I'm pretty sure they're all closed. I think they, they were all closed before he even died. But all right, well, I guess that was our small talk. I think I think we got to get into our topic now. We've, we've fair talk. They actually tie together a little. Spent bit. a lot of yeah, a lot of time talking fair. But now let's move into our topic for today. So, what is the future of ag? And Max, you had our topic this week, so what do you got for us? Yeah, so we talk a lot about the future tech, and that's all that's all fine and dandy, right? We need to know what, what products and services and things like that we're going to have in the future, but there's a pretty big part of our future that right now I think is a little uncertain, and that's who's going to take care of who's going to handle that stuff, right? Like, I know you guys probably don't think about it yet, but you're not going to be here forever. I'm not going to be here forever. Somebody's going to have to do this job someday, and... It's growing increasingly harder to find those people that are going to be their replacements, right? Um, yeah, Max, you're getting into like specifics of where will we find the people? Like, where have all yeah. the cowboys gone? Is what yeah. Max, where Max have the is farmers gone? Max is asking. Right? Yes. Where is like, going to farm? Like, right. how, and how do we? Like, that's on us. Like, that's on the current generation and, to try to 
get the next generation to want to farm. Who's going to farm? Who's going to consult? Who's going to run harvest teams? Who's going to run manure teams? Like all that stuff. Like it's just going to get harder and harder uh, unless we have pretty drastic changes. Because I don't know if you've watched Facebook lately, but there's a lot of places hiring right now. So that's the other part, right? Is how do we get, how do we compete in the current market with everywhere else? Yep. And Bill, you could agree this is one of our hardest years to find summer scouts and to find help. It's it's been tougher than ever before. It's yeah. just and and everybody's having that problem. I believe that it's just harder to find good help. I would almost put it by. I mean, well, you know, finding help that, you can find, but you want to find that's the right always person the problem for with that. summer help. Some are help and some are not. Yeah. <laughs> some are help. Oh. Where's the rim shot? Yeah. <laughs> but usually I have, like, we usually hire, I don't know, seven to ten interns a year. And usually by the first week in April, that's buttoned up. It might have a straggler or two, but that's pretty much done. I mean, it's almost May, and I, we still need at least two more. Right. So and, it's just. And I'm still getting people, in, like, sending me, like, applications so it is kind of interesting that not all students have tied their summer jobs up yet which is really like three four weeks away for college students because they're done by the middle of may which is i guess good for us that we're still looking but and i think the other thing is are students today valuing the experience and the knowledge versus i'm just going to go work for quick trip or Culver's and make my fifteen bucks an hour, and that's the. And hard- I don't give a crap about the, this. About I would agree the, with you, Bill. Experience. We, we got to also look at the the current generation and what they do value. And it, it's they college is expensive, or even going to the tech costs money, all that stuff. So their their motivation is like, hey, I just got to go make money right cool. now, and I'll get the experience later, or by having this degree. That shows I'm good enough and qualified enough to do job X Y Z. And when right now, when they're getting out of college, I'm sure they're able to find jobs because so many places are hiring. It may not be what they want, so that would be an advantage for them to take, you know, get a college internship during college and get that experience. So when you get out, you have that to to be able to use to help get you the job you do want. Right. So I think one of the biggest things that we talk about and you hear it all the time is there's fewer and fewer kids that are growing up in and around agriculture, right? Um, I know, Todd, you, you put a little piece in here about how the average U.S. Pers- person is seven generations removed from the farm, which is mind-blowing to even think about because I'm one generation removed from the farm. You guys are one generation removed from the farm. Right. So that's the other part is we used to be able to find farm kids were you know, or their grandpa farmed where they were like, but basically anything more than about two or three generations removed, you might as well be a hundred. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not right. like, you, you don't know anything about really what happened on the farm. You know? Right. Right. So their idea and, and the way farming's portrayed in media is very different than what it really is a lot of times of, and how it works. So they're basically learning this not from like, oh yeah, this is how grandpa did it or I spent my weekends on the farm with grandpa in the summer. You value it different if you grew up in it. Just like if you grew up in Wisconsin in a Packer household, you like the Packers. It's the, it's the same principle here. If you grew up in a farming household, you probably have a little bit more respect and a little bit more love for agriculture, right? So wait, I mean, you're saying they don't stand there with their and twirling their mustaches as they pour manure <laughs> into the creek. That's not what farming well, like, is. What? No. 
Nope. It, <laughs> nope, uh, it is not, actually. I saw a news story that that's what they do. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those news stories. Or, or even, like, children's books now. Like, you read... I mean, that's... Or any cartoon that kids are shown with it. It's talking animals and, like, it. you know, it's just... It's not what it really is like being on a farm. It's just not. And... And I don't want to be nostalgic and say all kids, you know, are, are missing out on something like that. Um, but we got to find a way to bring kids that want that do have interest in it to that and and teach them what it's about and get them that but, experience. But even the way the four of us grew up on farms is completely different than the way today's Today, kids are growing up on the farm. Like you use the pitchfork, like. The other with current farming, there's not a lot of rolls. There's not an old hay rake and a hand clutch Alice Chalmers tractor that you right. can throw a 14 year old on and say, "Hey, yeah, don't you know? You're not driving down the road. You're not going to hurt anybody. No. Figure it out." No, we got a huge merger tractor with right. whatever I, on it. I was put on that tractor, and my dad said, "If the shit hits the fan, you know, push the hand clutch so it stops engaging and hit the brake, and that's it, right? right. That's all you got to do. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, you didn't have a cell phone to call them, but you sat on the side of the field until they show up, like, hey, what happened? And you're like, uh, yeah, this or happened. Or you walked and, up to the barn. Right, right. So, so no, we in the current farming way, too, we don't have a lot of those entry-level positions that a 14-year-old kid can just do. I mean, there is some, but it's different. Yeah, I mean, the more robots we get, the less manual milking cows there is and but in some ways that's a benefit because you if you're into technology that means there's technology jobs available in agriculture right so it's kind of balancing well, that I, matt i think you hit on so like i think the technology part of farming is all all we can hang our hat on of that's what we got to show kids is the future is is robotics is drones precision egg all that hey, stuff. I mean, you they like, you like playing like, on an ipad right we got lots of jobs <laughs> yeah on yeah. yeah like you like playing farmville like you can play Farmville on this, you know, it's it's a little different, but yes, you will be able to do the technology part that's coming to farming is really going to help us a lot to get that next generation excited. I think one of the ways to work through and try and understand why this is a problem is just kind of where some of these issues come from or what, where some of the distances has grown. And I think one of the biggest ones is a lack of communication outside of the farming community. And even inside the community, you think how how uh, close to the vest a lot of farms like to play their hand. Like, they don't like to tell anybody what they're doing, and they don't like to share. They don't want the neighbors to know, and everybody's going to steal their secrets, right? We see that kind of stuff go on. And at this point, we got to start being honest and, and, and sharing some things, or people are going to continue to just believe what's what's seen in the news. You, you know, And the news paints us in pretty poor light most of the time. So if we keep just... Ah, well, it's a secret. They don't need to know about it. Well, we're going to continue to just let the outside world dictate how we're viewed. Well, and I think we've seen, too, especially recently, that things on paper that don't necessarily reflect the true intentions of the farm. There's a lot of things that farms have to do in their management and plan for to give themselves opportunities in the future that gets taken out of context and, and portrayed in the news as like, oh no, they're looking to do more polluting or, you know, it's it's like, no, it's this is, this is what we have to do because of the rules that, you know, we follow to not pollute. We have to be able to plan for the future here. 
the the news is crazy right now with stories of of uh, poultry facilities um, having to you know call and it's just being portrayed as farmer murders four hundred thousand chickens. Well, it, ideally they don't have to do that. But, and this is for food safety, yes. right? But Bird like food. right now, like it's kind of a big deal, and we yeah. don't generally don't want this to go anywhere else. So yeah, it's being handled. But that's where that's where that you know if you just let the outside world decide, well, they're gonna they're gonna assume the worst, and that's the way our world is at this point. So we got to start maybe trying to get in front of that a little bit. It's it's hard, but um, well, and both you two guys, you just were at events with kids on farms right right todd you did a thing with your with yeah they toured and, him. and max you did a like two days yep you know so those things aren't as prevalent as they used to be but like these especially with covid and, they kind of went away right. and now yeah adventures in airlines coming back and just farm tours in general that i mean i mean the kids yeah it's a great experience for those kids just to see the farm and get to be by animals and pet chickens and see rabbits and just what, you know, whatever you have to offer that way would be a value to any sort of kids just to see it, just get them out of the classroom is good. Uh, one of the other things I, I see as an issue is that we, we used to be the only show in town, right? We're the only way we were ever going to get food is if this guy in Ottagamie County, Wisconsin farmed. Well, I hate to break it to people, but, they make a lot of stuff in a lab now. They they don't need us all. I mean, yes, if if farming ceased to exist tomorrow, it would probably be a, a bad thing, right? But we still make a lot of food, but we don't make all of it anymore. I mean, they, it's it still is available without Fu- us. Future Us has a marketing problem that we need to market that farming is a good thing, and that and he, I I don't want to well, say the to say the other side that lab made thing is a bad thing, but we. I think people still you hear people say, well, they're not, you know, fine. Forget it. Don't, don't respect farmers. Don't care about farmers. Let farming die. You'll starve. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe, but there's a lot of options now. It's more than just, we milk the cow, we drink milk. Like there's a lot of other things out there now. And it, you know, it's, it's going to get tougher. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this before, you know, it's probably been a while, but you know, there's different markets, different things, you know, whether it's, uh, vegan or vegetarian or you know lactose intolerance or gluten intolerance or anything that you know people's diets have changed and now we have to try to find where we as agriculture fit in these different markets and it's easy to disparage and say well this is it's dumb why would they do that it's like well no there's you know it came up for a legit reason. There are people with lactose intolerance. That's how we got soy milk and oat milk and all this other stuff that's not really milk. I mean, it it was branded and no one really cared when it was this this little thing, but now it's become popular enough that it's like, hey, we should stop calling this milk because it's not really the same. I I saw a commercial where they're milk and almonds, so it's milk. (laughs) So it's got to be legit, right? Yeah. But, But the other thing, guys, is like talking about marketing is... My guess is in a handful of years, you're going to see not so much the vegan, but they're going to market like environmentally safe farms, you know, like yeah, well, yeah. The, the cover crops and all those other things so that farmers should start to think about how they can jump on those marketing campaigns too, to be a, you know, you get a dollar more on your milk if you can say you're a environmentally safe farm. And by saying that you have to plant cover crops and no-till and 
load disturbance manure and those kinds of things because we're involved in some watershed projects with wastewater facilities that that are going to start pushing that. Well, and, and you know, being Earth Day, think about all this stuff. When you remember the whole uh, Tree City USA com- campaign, when you know they yep. hang the signs because you had you planted trees in the medians and doing all yep. that kind of stuff. Now it's common. Uh, water friendly farmers was another thing. You know, remember those signs we'd see, and there's still a few of them around. But it's you know, it's those kind of things that they may come and go, but when they're there, it can be a boon to your operation to get that story out and say, hey, look, this is what we're doing to, you know, mitigate what you see as a potentially bad thing. We're we're doing this as a progressive effort to make you happy and to show that we can produce things for you in a sensible way. Um, Yeah, might it cost you a little bit of money to do it differently, but like you said, Bill, the incentives are going to be there too, and, and in some cases are, for you to change your operations, so... I think that's kind of the hardest thing is is change. It's for no matter whether you're a farmer or, or anybody, change is, is difficult and it's it takes time and, and effort to make those changes. And then I think we probably want to talk about some of the ways we can, other ways we can continue to try and grow egg and, and educate. And I think one of the biggest ones right now, and I, it's hard to quantify it, but is to continue to support FFA, 4-H, um, opportunities for kids, right? And that it's something as simple as being able to volunteer at the dairy barn, or take or take your, you know, take your kids to 4-H, right? That's a commitment at this point. But take your kids to 4-H, give them that opportunity, work at the fair, do something. Um, I know Todd, Todd and Matt for sure. I, I assume I'll see both of you on Sunday at the FFA alumni auction, right? I mean, that's yeah. you guys are really good people because you're going to go work at the alumni auction. Here's your pat on the back. But that's the kind of stuff that it takes to keep this all rolling. Well, and I think, you know, 4-H has numerous opportunities. It's not just agriculture. There are other things you can do there. But if you want to experience it, there's opportunities. People, you know, just the other night, someone at the the 4-H meeting that we were at offered up an animal if you want to try showing an animal. So there's, there's those opportunities to learn more about farms and that, those programs are good gateways to get your kids involved and let them see a little bit more into how a farm works and and teach them some responsibility at the same time. That's the important thing right there, Matt. Right. Right is, is the lessons and the responsibility you gain from. It's little, but showing an animal or whatever it is, it's you have your responsibility and hopefully they take take that step to learn something from it and this and my kids are like in the heart of doing everything and there's so much stuff that's more that kids can do today than even 20 years ago 30 years ago like even if you just look at the sports like you know we do our we do our sport in the season right we'd have our little league in the summer in the city and then with the city league and then in the fall you play flag football and so on and so forth and now it's like it's year round those are year round everything is year round volleyball i mean all the sports are year round now not just basketball it's all of them and their stuff is and you're right so 4-h and fa are competing with that yeah yeah. and they're sort of year round but not really i mean you got certain seasons that you do certain things for 4-h and ffa and yeah that that is I would agree with Max. The more we can do, you know, FFA as FFA alumni, 
So being parts of that and trying to do what you can with that. And then with 4-H, it, it is just kind of getting your kids or, or offering up, you know, to a club that's close by, you know, animals to show or or kind of something to do with that would be good. But even, even that, I 4-H is, all this is going to change from when we were kids. Like, it's never going to be sort of the, certainly the same or anything. It's just the sheer amount of kids in that pool is sort of shrinking so the more we can even just to get other kids to try to get involved and kind of get them knowing about egg and just seeing if it's their passion or not and giving that kid a chance to to see into that if do they like it or not and you know there's going to be kids that it isn't their thing but and i think too it's like for the listeners out there it's like in your community go to your school district or your ffa teacher and just Show your support because obviously school budgets are dwindling too. So hopefully those programs don't get cut in your in your city. But that's something too I worry about. Like at some point, is enrollment going to go down in an egg program? They're just going to cut it. Yeah. Even the egg programs have changed. Like there's no agronomy. Right. It's more like horticulture, greenhouse based, and then you know they have like vet science still, and that relates to dairy farming, but you know, that's changing too. So finding a ways to kind of still have that old school vocational stuff kind of shown or highlighted a little bit, but you know, with, with the new science push of, of all the genetics and the vet science and the different ones, it's, it's changing. Well, even the other day for one of the watershed projects that we're a part of, I was talking to some, uh, NWTC students. They were out doing some soil sampling on one of my farms and I kind of told them what we do with soil sampling, how we do it, and their instructor asked, like, well, you know, what, what background, like, what classes should they be taking if they want to do something like that? And it's like, um, there's a lot of options. I mean, we work with a a broad range of, of knowledge bases. You could be agronomy, you could be soils, you could be um, even water quality to a certain extent. You know, some of those aspects all play into our job now. It's not just, you know, when you say agronomy... Yeah, there's not just an agronomy program, but that's not we're not just doing agronomy anymore either. There's right. it all ties into different knowledge bases and there's there's things we need to know outside of just how how does a plant grow and you know, how can we best take care of that plant. And we're we're sitting kind of at I think at a unique time that like we talked about before, COVID took some stuff away, and now we're starting to see we're, it trickle back. I and, agree with you, Matt, of like coming out of the COVID cave and yeah. what what is, I think it sort of goes back to what did people truly miss during COVID, yep. and they're going to go back to that first probably. So, you know, why not try to, to be that thing you also have a passion for to tell other people about? But, and even some of it, like sports didn't go away through covid a lot of them still found a way to play that, play th- you know, do some of that. But you know, 4H went away through COVID, and I don't know how much FFA did. But some of these things too, like as they come back, we got to make sure they're virtual 4H coming. just isn't. Uh, it, it no, it didn't it, work. And then it? like the the fairs too, like you know, for the one year they didn't have fairs, so that kind of changed a lot of fairs. I don't. There were some that still did it. And well, I think they did some of the animal shows and stuff. They didn't right. have a formal fair, but right. there were still activities. No, there was out. still, like, you could really tell who the diehards were of anything through COVID. Is they still did, you know, did their thing. It's okay to not be a diehard. 
Yeah. It's okay to just like yeah. agriculture on the weekends. That's okay. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough to get to keep some interest going, I think. But yeah, the fairs the when the fairs went like vir, I'm going to call them virtual, that was it was pretty cut and dry and, who who loves it and who just I enjoy it. And I think we talked last summer about like the adopt a calf program, just something like that, like as soon as I heard about that, I reached out to both my elementary school kids' teachers, and I'm like, hey, I'll sponsor this for you. And my kids, who are two, a generation off the farm now, they come home and they talk about it, you know, and just keeping little things like that alive. That I, sh- I shared it on happen. Facebook, and I had two teachers that I'm friends with on Facebook both, like, text me right away, like, holy buckets, like, where do I sign up for this? How do I do this? Like, we want to do this so bad. And then they gave me updates on how the calves are doing and all that yeah, stuff. And cool. it, like, it was a hit. I mean, and those That's kids cool. are a long ways off the farm. So all good stuff. What, one thing to think about is a lot of stuff we're talking about is more local and we still need that. Um, but, a lot, you know, another way is with social media that you could reach more that, I know, Max is more on TikTok. I'm not on that. But even... You know, you know of one farmer that he's got like five thousand. A local farmer's got like five thousand TikTok followers, yeah. right? Yep. And he's just talking about the farm and dancing on beaches and what you know, like he's just sort of being him. And I actually think out of you know, you got TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, you know, just ways to maybe reach more people. And out of all those medias, it's probably TikTok is one of the better ones because that one just goes to random people that might have interest in it. It's not people that sort of already follow you. So yeah, just trying these new things and telling people about what you're doing. It's like these kid, these kids that get these viral dances or whatever. We need to find a way to get, yeah, is that that's what TikTok farm, kind of is? Yeah, and know. and Matt, you know more about social media. Which ones do you think, or how do, how do we reach? people in more urban areas and more, you know, not just sort of your rural community. Not that we don't want to have both. We want to reach our, our neighbors too, because I think some of those are becoming less in egg, but. Well, I think it's all important. That's the thing is you can't do just one thing. Right. You've got to, you got to branch out and you got to hit as many as you can. And a lot of the people I've talked to or the trainings I've been to on like how to spread your message. It's essentially what you come away with is, you can't stop at one thing like, ooh, I've got a Facebook page that I manage. Like, it's just not enough. Sure. Because you're, you know, you can boost posts. You can put them out where they're they're going to be seen and, and you could get positive, negative reactions. You know, it's it's a random random grouping. But, you, you know, community events, social media, just any, any of these ways and helping promote each other and, in general, positive Things. Yes, like not focusing on wow, you know, you know. I said it before, soy milk's not milk, and and yeah, that's it's an important distinction to differentiate that, but also not to get too bogged down in that concept of like railing against it because then you no prop, your perception. Let's is, prop our product up, not right. just put everybody, everybody else's else product down. down. Right. So, yeah, I think there's a lot you know we can do, and that some of it even comes down to as a farmer you know being willing to host like a breakfast on the farm or or something like that let people come in and tour your facility talk about why you're passionate about what you're doing and it'll go a long way so there you go that's our take on the future of ag and where we're we're standing now we'll move into our spotlight for today 
So today we're looking at a contest that generated 10 potential new uses for soybean. So it was the Indiana Soybean Alliance's Soy Innovation Contest. So Purdue University students unveiled their 10 potential new uses for soybeans at the 28th annual Student Soybean Innovation Competition. It's the longest-running program of its kind in the U.S. and continues to reap invaluable benefits for Indiana soybean producers who invest money in the program. So some of the additions here to the contest, the first-place winner was uh, an alternative to rubber mulch, which contains soybeans, and also making a mat for playgrounds out of soybeans. So using that as an alternative base source uh second place was the brilliant bean team i love these team names these are great like first yeah the first cool first place team was team smulch so soybean mulch i think is what that was going for second place the brilliant bean um so they were developing ink for dry erase boards with no alcohol and it was 60 percent soybean but what's the chris right there's no alcohol in it (laughs) i don't remember that one okay uh, third place was Team Slim with their uh, agriculture film to replace petroleum-based films for gardeners and specialty crop producers. Biodegradable, but still strong enough to prevent weeds from germinating. So basically like a weed mat made out of soybean. And the people's choice. So the crowd got to vote, and they picked Team Drip Drop as their favorite. Uh, they developed coffee filters that result in less acid in your coffee, removing a lot of the acidic aftertaste. So, pretty cool stuff. Dang. Yeah, I thought this was pretty cool. That's it's really cool. Like, it's a cool contest. It's been going that long. Good team names. I mean, even the money they made. So, there's a, there's like, it was sponsored by the Soybean Alliance, but 20000 cash for first prize. Like, this is, like, that's awesome. So, these teams actually really get something. I was re- I did look up some of the like pa- like past winners and they listed one of the coolest ones in here I thought was uh, the soy crayons and like those are a real thing those are like a normal thing you can buy now sure so, soy crayons all right no. how how do they keep coming up with stuff? you think we'd run out like well I think it's just muck you keep thinking of different ways of using it it's just they get less obvious over time, but let's move into our egg history minute then for today. So Earth Day is an annual event on April 22nd to demonstrate support for environmental protection. The first Earth Day uh, was in 1970. Now includes a wide range of events, including uh, one more than 1 billion people in 193 countries. The official theme for 2022 is invest in our planet. In 1969 at the UNESCO conference in San Francisco, peace activist John McConnell proposed a day to honor the earth and concept of peace to be first observed March 21st, 1970, the first day of spring in the Northern hemisphere. The day of nature's Equipose was later sanctioned in a proclamation by McConnell and signed by Secretary General Utant at the United Nations. A month later, U.S. Senator Gaylord Nelson from Wisconsin proposed the idea to hold a 
nationwide environmental teach-in on April 22, 1970. He hired a young activist named Dennis Hayes to be the national coordinator. Nelson and Hayes renamed the event Earth Day. Happy Earth Day, guys. Yeah, so there you are. Today is, is Earth Day. It's April 22nd, so... Should make Earth Day. Plant a tree. <laughs> yeah. Trees for tomorrow. Be kind today, but make be kind every day, Max. Give a hoot, don't pollute. You got her. Thank you to all our listeners out there. Please have a happy Earth Day. And please subscribe to a podcast and tell a farmer friend. That's all we ask you right now. We don't charge anything. We got no ads. It's just all fun on here. And please tell any farmer friend you can about it. So he's going to ask, well, how do I find it? On Apple phone. So on your iPhone, you go to Apple Podcasts and you search Tilt Talk Radio and we'll pop up on Android You'll need to download an app for them on their phone. Podcast Addict, Podbean, and Player FM are all good apps that we really like to use. And same there, just search Tilt Talk Radio. And you can also listen on your computer or smartphone browsers. Go to tiltegg.com slash podcast. We're also available now on Amazon Music. So if you go there, you like our podcast, you can now tell your smart speaker like Alexa the to play tilt talk radio in your favorites and it'll play it on your alexa you can also follow us on facebook and twitter at tilt talk radio and there you're going to find a bunch of good stuff on like our past draft and all kinds of good stuff on there so please follow us there all right thanks todd now it's time for some current events so cool beans that's corny cool beans cool beans cool beans cool beans cool beans all right, our cool beans for today. We are looking at Indigo Egg has registered a novel biofungicide. So they're looking at a 2023 launch for this. So Indigo is known for their carbon market work. They provide uh, payment for carbon credits, but they have also registered the industry's first biofungicide based on the microbe Cosiconia kawani, the proprietary EPA-approved biotrinsic prop product, is a <clears throat> designed to suppress plant disease, which will enter demonstration trials this crop season ahead of the anticipated 2023 launch. Company officials say this development establishes Indigo's portfolio as one of the few in the industry capable of helping farmers address both biotic and abiotic stresses. So <clears throat> they've been working on it for a few years here now, an accelerated three-year discovery and registration process for this product, uh, which we believe, according to the company, will be the most rapid in the industry, places Indigo in the leading edge of an emerging, emerging $7.3 billion market for stress mitigation solutions. So they looked at this particular bio-strain. Bio um, so it was isolated from the seed of a historic corn landrus. This microbe colonizes the root surface and suppresses plant pathogens, including Fusarium, Pythium, and Rhizoctonia, through multiple mechanisms leading to the stimulation of natural defense system in plants. In trials, the product consistently demonstrated direct significant improvement in key indicators of plant health, including root weight and full emergence. Damn. 
Yeah, it's registered for use or will be registered for use in cereal grains, corn, soybean, cotton, legume vegetables, and oil seeds. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the data as they continue their trials this year. Lots of good stuff. <laughs> Biologicals, not just big in soil amendments anymore. Yeah, it's a, a different take because, I mean, you know, we've, we've seen that the idea of fungicides sometimes are antagonistic to certain bio, parts of biology, so this might be a, uh, a way of getting around some of those issues. You wonder, I also would wonder if this would help give you a longer window of, like, how long it works for, you know, because sometimes fungicide, it only, you only get three weeks of residual out of it. Because this stimulates the plant itself, would it last longer potentially? Yeah, I mean it's pot- it's very possible. I like the fact that we're talking about something novel that's not the coronavirus. <laughs> yes, it's a new but not new virus. Okay. Uh, that's corny this week. Cold weather has slowed planting in the corn belt. So I'm sure most of us have noticed outside the last day or two here that uh, we just haven't getting a lot, been getting a lot of warmth. Uh, planting season has been delayed by cold weather in four of the five top corn producing states, which is a stark contrast to last year's early start. So, you know, we, and we talked about that, I don't remember if it was last episode or two episodes ago, um, you know, how much of a difference we saw last year. And even though it was still kind of cooler in the early part of the season, we did have more uh, GDUs by this time than we've we've had in 2020. I think that is part of the contrast is we're getting to where we're off of normal now. We are cooler than normal, but last year was such a early year. So when you get that mixed with the later year, the next year just feels like we're that much later. But the way this weather pattern looks too, I've seen some weather long term weather people say that it's kind of going to be in this pattern until May 15th that it's a La Nina thing. And so, yeah, we might kind of be in a longer sort of pattern and hopefully Mother Nature can shake La Nina and mm-hmm. kind of switch before the 15th of May. It would be nice. La Nina, which is Spanish for the Nina. The Nina. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think, you know, we've, we've kind of been going through this since last fall. It was a little bit of a warmer fall and then all, all through winter it seems like we have cold stretches and then we... Get a couple warm days and yep. then right back down to cold, and we're still seeing that through the spring here because I think tom- it's tomorrow or yep, Saturday's Saturday's 76. Have, yes, so, so it'd be a warm day, but then by middle of like 26, next 26 overnight, like next Tuesday. Yes, yeah. yes, yep. So it's just going to have quite the contrast. So, and we brought it up then, but I can see it from here. We brought some wheat inside now about three weeks ago, and it's grown like six inches in the warm. So, I mean, it's still seems to be live it's still there yep the wheat and hay are just kind of hanging out waiting for some warm weather here so i feel like this would have been a good opportunity to play some Katy perry you're hot and you're cold you're yes and you're no <laughs> but it's true yeah the op- you know optimal planting window is still kind of a possibility i think you know a lot of times when we talk early may is the the best time to be Getting corn in the ground, and there's potential there that we still might be able to to see some some soil temperature warm up. I know yesterday we were sunny; it was a little bit warmer. I took some soil temps, and actually was uh, let's see, be 
by mid-afternoon. I want to say it was like 2, two o'clock in the afternoon. There were some soils that were sitting in the mid-40s. So it's not terrible compared to Monday when I was out in a field where it was damp, rainy, cold. I could barely get above 40. <laughs> and that was middle of the day. So, um, so we're slowly getting some improvements. But all right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this week we talked about the future of ag. In our spotlight, we looked at some potential new uses for soybean. Ag History Minute, we talked about Earth Day. Our cool beans was Indigo Ag registering a new biofungicide. That's corny. was the cold weather that keeps kind of giving us a little bit of downtime, but that's all right. We'll, we'll get out in the field sooner or later. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming. Happy farming.